What's up, buds? Welcome to the first installment of a new show we got. This is Earbuds Chit Chat, baby. We're going to be talking to each other. Every episode is based on one question, a music-based question that we kind of delve into, get our feelings on. Uh, this episode, the question is, how good is the RX Band's discography? And we'll be displaying that through putting every album in a tier list. What a loaded question, Brett. As you know, clearly, uh, RX Bandits are by far my favorite fucking band in the yes. world. Um, but it's not hard for me to rank their albums. There's There are albums that I have very personal connections with. There are albums that I love just the music in general and what they were going for as like how they started versus where they ended, mm. you know? And then there are some that I just appreciate as like, you know, a little checkered heart ska kid uh, <laughs> deep, deep in my soul. So there's, I... there's a lot to pick apart here, man. It's a, it's a really interesting, it's going to be a really interesting way of looking at their music. As a, as a fellow fan, as you're the reason I got into our expandits. And they're one of my favorite bands. I think Are they really? They are. Oh my god. I love hearing I mean, that, dude. They don't have all like I'm I'm of the belief they don't have one bad album in the nerd's discography. Their worst albums could be better than most bands' best albums. Hundred percent, especially when they first started, man. Like we'll get into that, but yeah. they were impressive so, from the fucking jump. I think you and me are on the same wavelength that even if we rank these lower it's just in context of the band. Right. And like, if I rank something in D, it's not because I think it's a D album, but I think in the context of the band, it's a D album. I have to look up tier lists now because I don't know how to fucking... Oh, boy. I'm such a fucking old... I'm so old. Tier lists go from F to S. F being F the worst. F to S. S being prime, perfect premium platinum yeah baby. S, i remember the first time you said s tier and i was so confused <laughs> that's what the fucking kids are doing these days <laughs> baby so let's go in chronological order starting with those damn bandits yes an album that you actually have heard before actually i didn't think i had but yeah i forgot about my fucking napster kazaa days in high school just like being <laughs> so obsessed with arcs bandits and it was impossible to find that record that was the first album that came out yeah um Man, and like listening to it's obviously it'd been a while since I've heard a lot of these songs, so I, I listened to it again today, and it's so impressive for their first album. Um, you know, it's obviously extremely juvenile. <laughs> yes, uh, you know they are very young when this when they made this they album. Must they must have been still 16, in high school, 16, 17, I think. Yeah, um, but so impressive though. The horn work is great. It's fantastic. The production is. Pretty, pretty decent. good on this album for pretty being decent. the first one. Yeah. Uh, but even, like, it, it is a bit of a stereotypical ska punk album, but, but they even are then, really good at it from the get-go. It's, again, knowing how young they are, knowing, like, how hard it is to write. It's not easy to write ska music. You know, it's, yeah. it's deceptively kind of difficult to incorporate so many um, different instruments and make it all work together. And... Honestly, the, uh, those damn bandits, I think, is at a very similar level. They were they were doing stuff that sounded like Catch Twenty Two and Streetlight Manifesto to me. Yeah, yeah, like for very sure. like I don't almost like 
which came first? It, well, yeah, this album came out in 97. Uh, so... I don't know when Keys Be Nights came out. I think it was 99? I think it was around the same time, but, like, around there the same are time. also some drops of, like, Suicide Machines on here, and maybe totally. even Less Than Jake at times. Little Arx Bandits, a little Less Than Jake. Uh, or, not Arx Bandits, sorry, Real Big Fish. Real Big Fish. <laughs> That'll be later on. Yeah, they'll, they're not Arx Bandits <laughs> yet at this point. They actually were called the Pharmaceutical Bandits at this point. So, yeah. um, you know, again, super impressive album. Really genuinely good ska music, but I'm going to have to put it F, dude. I'm putting it in D. I think it's, if you're looking for a good ska punk album, a nice, good, simple, immature, young ska album, this is what you go to. Okay. But it matches nothing that they do in later albums. I thought we like, had to start with F. Like, I thought, like, if it's, if <laughs> I thought, if, like, if it's my least favorite, I have to give it an F. But that's not the case? I mean, that, that could be a way to do it. It's personal preference. Okay. I don't think you have to have one album in every tier. Oh, uh, okay. Um, okay. But um, well then, you know, I take that I take back my F then. Like you put yours in D. I put mine in D. Cuz even being my least favorite RX Bandits album, it's still a really good ska punk album. Yeah, I'm going to I'm I'm with you. I'm putting mine in D as well. All right. And so from there we go halfway uh <laughs> here to there, which is the gospel Man, what a great Scott. Corner with your back to the wall. Corner with your back to the wall. Oh my god. I I come back to this album a good amount when I when I listen to, to RX Bandits, honestly, just because it's a lot of really good songs in, on there. They it, even two years passed between these albums and the change is so apparent so stark even with this they're so much more mature yeah uh, the songwriting has improved greatly um, and it was just two years after uh those damn just bandits two man. years same members huge step up huge step up in in terms of songwriting and musicianship and Embry is like just starting to find his voice yeah he's on the first album you wouldn't even recognize it's him no on this album very few hear, times oh he's kind of uh kind of getting his voice a little bit and yeah boy like this might be a little controversial lucas but i'm putting this album in a whoa this is an a album for me there are some great wow. cuts on this uh gun in your hand yeah Cornered, is so good to me 10 seconds never seems so long is a great song too yep and i think what if what if i told, I told you, you that you're a stupid <laughs> whore like that song pumps me up every fucking time i listen to it man now we're never great, great intro yeah this time yeah there's some really good songs on this album dude but an a wow 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 i'm putting it in a for what it is wow 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 i can't give it an a bro i'm sorry I, that's fine. Uh, that's why we have separate tier lists like you fought for because you didn't want to be friends with me. No, nah, I don't want to collaborate. Uh, I'm going to give it a hard C. A strong C. A hard C. C. Yeah. Okay. Very, yeah. Like a, a very, like, <laughs> C. Yeah. We're not talking yeah. like a... Like, it's, it's a great ska record. It, great ska punk record. And a really good indication of where they were going from here. It's you know it's so funny. I wish they reordered the names of these albums. I wish this album was called Progress and the next right. album was Halfway Between Here and There. Yes, because Progress 
is halfway between yes. their first era and their second era. True. You know? Progress was like when they really started getting way more mature with their songwriting. Amazing. I mean, they're still leaning on the ska stuff a lot, but they're yeah. doing a lot more reggae on this yeah. and a lot more rock and roll on this. They they have spread out a lot on their songs. It's you, from the second track, you can kind of see a glimpse of the future of this band yeah. that they can't even see at this moment cuz in this moment, I don't think even they knew they were going to become a prog rock band. Right. They're still very in like the ska realm with like experimenting with different genres, but staying kind of in the ska core. Yeah, there's still ska core on this album, but like you said, yeah, VCG3 is that's a rock song, you know? And th- like Consequential Apathy and Analog Boys Pop Punk yeah. and All the Time is just a really good rock song and then you have Babylon and Status and and then you have like Nugget that's like kind of disco-y at times <laughs> and Infection, yeah. Infection's one of the their best songs in my opinion. Um and Status is like I probably is my second favorite Arx Bandit song just because I used to Shit. I mean singing along to Status like I don't care how she treats me anymore like it's, it's so fun to sing along with it is kind of it, it is kind of a, a straggler from halfway a little yeah. bit yeah I, I thought of that of all the time in Analog Boy uh, as well it's all the time and it's all the myself there's some great songs on here but I'm I'm gonna put it in in C Ooh, that hurts. That hurts me. I know. It, that it's hurts just me. the thing that came before was so it, they kind of knew what they were doing, and the thing that comes after is is like it is scatterbrained. You're, it's ridiculous. You're right. You know? And so it's like I it's it's still a great record. It's not one that I put on too often. Oh man, I was just saying that this is a 52 minute long record. I have listened to this whole album a thousand times probably. <laughs> like this is the album that I that I first heard from Arx Bandits. I was a freshman in high school. This album had just come out. It's so weird because this is the last album. See that what I mean? I heard. See what I mean? So like, if you had heard, <laughs> if you heard halfway between here and there before Progress, I it doesn't surprise me at all, dude, that, that you're putting it higher than the other. It was weird to hear halfway between the, here and there after I listened to Progress. So okay. I was like, oh shit, they have another album, and I went and listened to it. And I was like, whoa, I don't like this. <laughs> like, I didn't like it the first time I heard it. Uh, this album is one of my favorites of all time. Um, I don't think it's going to be in the S tier, but it's a hard A. A hard A. Hard, wow. hard A, dude. I'm, I'm th- from that. I'm interested to see where you put all the rest of the stuff. I know where you're putting this next record, but all the other stuff as well. The resignation. The next. We're going album. to the fucking resignation, baby. Uh, this I mean, is I would say this is a classic. It's a classic. It's the start of their new era. Yes. It is their breakout album, so in my opinion. So aggressive, so politically driven, so mm. socially driven. Um, the messages on this album literally shaped the way I thought about life and the government and big business and greed and yeah. materialism and all this stuff. Like They shaped the way I thought about like they are a core aspect of like my personality and the way I think about the world. And a lot of it has to do with this record. And if you ever wanted to uh, get a pretty in-depth 
review of this record. Oh yeah, our first episode. episode numero uno yeah. of earbuds. Yeah, I almost forgot we did that, dude. That was like almost two years ago at this point. But yeah, I mean, first like episode. Two hour episode. Yeah, almost it's two like, and a half hours. It, we had a lot to say, but it's so fucking good, dude. So Sell good. you beautiful, newsstand rock. Overcome. Republic. Never slept uh, so soundly is my favorite Arx Bandit song. And Decrescendo is my oh. favorite Arx Bandit song, and probably my favorite album closer of all time. Of, of all, all time? time? Of all time. Even more than it's like all, brain damage and it stuff. It hits all like, my fucking sweet spots, wow, baby. Wow! Wow! So fucking good. That's in, that's incredible, dude. Like that gets me. That like just warms my heart. I love like getting people into music and then it becomes some of their favorite shit. Like that just makes me so happy. But literally there's not one filler song on this album. No. Every song is fucking amazing in a different way. They introduce so, different stuff on every single song. It's one of the most aggressive Arx Bandits albums out there. One of the loudest ones. And I know a yep. big part of it is because they were using Les Paul guitars, which they never really used after this. Their sound got a lot brighter. It got a lot punchier. And yeah. like kind of, you know, uh, almost like a little like r- more raw after this. But God damn, this album, S, 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 fucking. We're both putting it in S tier, baby. By far my favorite album by them. Like no comparison. Progress is a very close second. It's my second favorite. And I guess we'll see what my favorite one is. I don't know. I think I know. Uh... Because <laughs> I told you a hundred times, probably. But and I gotta say, between those damn bandits, halfway between here and there, progress and the resignation, there was only six years of time between those two albums. It's Rx Bandits. <laughs> I don't want to keep like jerking them off, but it is one of the the most interesting musical evolutions yes. I've ever seen in a band. I, I don't think another band has taken a turn this drastic throughout their music and career. successfully. And, like, done it so well. Arguably so much. only yeah. got better. Like, arguably only got better as they went on. And it... Well, maybe not, because the Resignation's our favorite, but we also have very personal connections to that album. But, oh, man, yeah. I can't believe six years apart, every two years they were writing, they were getting better and better and better as it went on yeah. in terms of, like, musicianship and songwriting. So they took three years between the Resignation and, and the Battle Begun, where do you where do you put "And the Battle Begun" on your list, man? Because I fucking love this album. Man, this is probably the album I've listened to the least. Wow. Um, something about the production has always irked me. I've never known what it is. In some of the songs, the snare sounds really thuddy, which mm. is like unacceptable with the drummer because he's constantly on it. He's amazing. You know, it, it's not something I would be picky about except for in this instance. I, I think there's a general kind of murkiness in the mix. Like, the mix itself is a little off to me for some reason. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree, yeah. But, I mean, still, so many good songs on this one. Uh, fucking Apparition is dude. an amazing one to me. The bass is fantastic on this entire record. Ugh, dude, like... They have so... This is where they start getting deeper into their Mars Volta type <laughs> stuff. The, like, that whatever... I forget which song it is. It might be 1980. But it's like, it starts out like... 
Yeah, it's 1980. It's like, and then they go like, dan it, dan it, dan it. And then they go super catchy and poppy and dancey. Like, they do everything on this album. Like, to me, this album is progress and resignation fucking smashed together. And 100% um, production had completely changed on this album. And that made it really hard for me to get into at first. Like, I'm totally with you. Um, I read that it was because they started using Fender guitars. They wanted a brighter sound. They moved away from the Les Pauls. And I guess they yeah. they mixed and, and mic'd the drums slightly differently than they had on the previous records. So over time, this album really, really grew on me. I mean, uh, even the opener. Like, it's over. I must have seen a face before. Like, yeah. such a cool opener. And the Battle Begun is such a great way to, to start the music on the album. In her drawer, only for the night, on a lonely screen, apparition, fucking uh, epoxy. Like, there are so many good songs. And then Crushing Destroyer is just such a fucking epic song to end with. I have to put this in the A's. This is hard A. That sounds about right. Uh, I, I'm i going to put this in B. I think okay. it's obvious that the horns are on their way out from this record. For sure. And the resignation as well. Yes. Um, but on this one, the horns... The horns also sounded a little, maybe like a little too brassy or something to me. They were in weird, awkward spots. It was obvious that they were not really a core part of the band anymore, which yeah. is unfortunate because I would have loved to hear them more throughout these records. Definitely. I don't it's... know why they just aren't in a lot of the songs on these latest records. Well, I was lucky enough to actually interview the guitarist, Steve Choi, way back in the day, like over 10 years ago. And uh, I wrote a really long article about them, and it got a lot of attention. It was pretty cool. But in the interview, he said that it was right around this time that they started realizing that they're running out of... They want to continue expanding on the, the types of music that they're writing, and it was getting exponentially harder to incorporate the horns. And it's because, like, they're starting to play some really weird shit, you know, at this point. Like, really different stuff for them. It's like, where do you put horns in this? And I mean, I feel like... I feel like they could have figured it out, though. Uh, it, like, may maybe it's just me, but I feel like they, they felt, could have worked the horns in, and it could have worked really well. They felt constricted by the horns. Like they were just like, we're we're they're having to think about that too much to when they were writing their songs. They're just like they'd write this like crazy guitar part and all these like crazy rhythms and time signature changes and stuff like that, and then they'd kind of sit there and go, oh fuck, well, what what are <laughs> <laughs> what are the sax and the trumpet and the trump or the trombone going to do? Like, what are they, you know? And then they had to be like, all right, well, let's write this interlude part that we can have them in or something, you know? It just started kind of, it, it was being forced at this point. Yeah. So one of my biggest regrets as an Arch Bandits fan or one of my biggest, like, you know, whatever is that they had to get rid of the horns or that they did at one point. I was just like, it, the horns were some of my favorite parts. Yeah. But, um, but where does this land? This, this lands in a B. For me. Oh, okay. So okay. just because, like, haven't listened to a lot, but going back and listening to it, like, putting aside my weird production and mix issues, there are some fantastic fucking songs. They're still bringing it. It's not like the the songwriting quality has gone down at all. These are uh, this album has some of their most popular songs as well. Um, and the battle begun only for the night and a and um, apparition are by far their most popular songs. Yeah, it, it definitely. Yeah, I wonder. Like, I don't know how any of these albums did commercially. 
you know that's the thing is they have such a like loyal following like us you know that it's just like they i mean they have ninety thousand monthly listeners a month on spotify so not bad not amazing but apparition has almost six million plays you know so it's just i think the people that love our expanded really love our expanded and i can attest to that like if you've ever gone to an Arx Bandit show, everyone is singing along to every single word. Everyone sure. knows every single part. People sing right. along to the drums, to the synths. You know, <laughs> like everyone is so, so, so into it. And uh, and a B is like honestly, I was a little worried you were gonna give it like a D or something. So that's that's no, fine with I me. I was I was thinking maybe C, but taking a listen back to the music, it's, it's all there. How do you get it's in her there. drawer and only for the night? Like just those two songs alone. I'm like that. That makes it a B right there. But then we skip ahead three years to Mandala, yeah. baby. Lonesome, lonely friend. This is my personal favorite album. Yep, yep. Of our expanded. It's a great it, album, dude. It has everything. I think it's their most experimental album. Yes. I think it's the peak of their artistic creativity. You can tell they, that they kind of like lifted the weights of the horns off their shoulders on this album and they were just right. like dude let's just do whatever yeah this is the most rocking record on the album too or uh, most rocking album of, of all of theirs i think like other than uh resignation this whole record is like pretty fucking rocking pretty loud but it it encapsulates the fucking gamut too yeah it'll have rocking songs like lonesome only friend and uh, another parsec, and then it'll have like March of the Caterpillar. Love March of the Caterpillar, man. Such I, a weird riff, but I love it so I, much. I love um, White, White Lies. Lies. Is a beautiful song. White Lies beautiful. is amazing. Uh, Mientras la veo soñar is probably my favorite song on the record. I think oh, it wow. has a super super catchy chorus. It has the uh, it has the whitest delivery. Of any Spanish you'll ever hear, for good yes. reason. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, he's, he doesn't do too bad, but it's it's definitely, he's trying so hard, man, and I appreciate what he's saying. Um, the lyrics are actually really good. Um, yeah, dude, I mean, My Lonesome Only Friend, It's Only Another Parsec, Mientras Aveo, March of the Caterpillar, White Lies, Breakfast Cat is a great song. There's, there's just not, to me, there's not a single song that isn't amazing. This is one of my few 10 out of 10 records Woo! it's a 10 for me this one's a 10 and it's so weird and also like mars volta is one of your favorite all-time bands so yeah it Jill makes a lot of sense also has a 10 out of 10 this is the most mars volta album that our has ever put out so s tier obviously hard s tier hard s tier for me okay um wow yeah i mean this album was the one that took the longest to grow on me uh mm. And it is because of the loss of the horns, you know, and like what like you hear, um, you know, Crushing Destroyer on the last track on And the Battle Begun. And then you hear My Lonesome Only Friend. There's two very different sounds. Yeah. And when yeah. I when I when that song started, I was genuinely concerned when the album came out that I was like, oh, no, like I'm going to hate this shit. And. It came out in 2009, right? 2009. Yeah, yeah I was in college. Uh, you know, it had been three years since the last Arx Bandits record that I absolutely fucking adored. 
So this album was huge for me when it was going to come out. And I was, I got to say, dude, I was disappointed the first time I heard it. It, it really fucking like, it was a boner kill the first time. But, I was so fucking hard. But it grew on you. It really grew on me. I started really appreciating um, just like as a standalone record. You know what I mean? Like if I'm if if I was gonna compare it to the resignation or to progress, I probably wouldn't like it. But as a standalone, like our expanders did their thing on this record and they wanted to do something different, and by God, they fucking did it, and it's great. Uh, hard B. Hard B. Wow. Hard B. That's so weird to me, but you know, like. We've had two, so, such, this is your first album you heard by them, right? Um. Or was it The Resignation? It was, it was actually, uh, the next album. Oh. Gemini, you are her majesty. Daddy's little girl. Uh, which came out in 2014, the longest gap between albums, uh, until their next one comes out. Right. Um, they had kind of technically broken up. They were on hiatus, um, after... Mandala. After a couple of years of Mandala, they were just like, yeah, we're pretty much done. And so when they announced a new album and released the first song, um, I think it was Stargazer was the first single that they released. But at that point, it was called Ready Eddie. And uh, they released a demo of Stargazer, I think Ruby Cumulus and another one. But, you know, when I read the song titles alone before this album came out, I grew very concerned. Yep, there are songs like Meow Meow, Space Tiger, and Penguin Marlin Brando. Uh, Future Buddy. which is a return of the year songs. Yeah, 1980 on, the, on that one album. I mean, Ready Eddie. It was originally called Ready Eddie, and then they changed yeah, it to Stargazer, so. and I was like, thank fucking Christ. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, this was another one that took a while to grow on me, man. Yeah, this one, you know, this even being my first album... It's it's still I think it's my third in the all around rankings. I'm giving this one an A just because wow. I think I think it still has the songs on there, still has the songwriting, but it's it it seems like a bit of a step down from Mandala to me, just in a it creative def- sense. It, it seems like they're is. kind of it's a lot more not traditional or anything. But no, not in any sense. <laughs> not in any sense. No. But it seems like they kind of found this formula that they like, and they kind of stuck to that throughout this record. Yeah. Uh, you know, I totally agree with, with all that. It's definitely a step down from uh, Mandala, but it's there's a lot of really good stuff on this album. Oh, yeah. um, like, Meow Meow Space Tiger, you mentioned, like has a super, super catchy chorus. Mm-hmm. Stargazer is really catchy. I love Will You like Will You Be Tomorrow. <laughs> like that's a great song. Fire to the Ocean. I mean, all these songs are good. It is just again they are they evolve from the last album, um, but not enough, I think. And you're right that it felt like they found their formula a little bit that worked and they were just like it sounds like it sounded like mandala was like their final form yeah like they finally reached their final form they went full fucking uh what's the dragon ball z 
they went full like fucking super saiyan super ultra saiyan. eight it, or whatever right exactly and uh and then you know with with uh gemini her majesty they just kind of like suddenly they had plateaued a little bit uh but even then man it is still a really good album i went back to this like a year ago um one night when i was drunk and <laughs> i like there's something about Matt Embry's melodies too that just like make me super emotional when I sing along to them. Right. So I don't even I've lost count how many times I've cried like singing along to our expanded songs. And there's a few <laughs> of them on here. Day. Pretty much every time I listen or and sing along to it, I, I I'm gonna tear up at one point. Yeah. And uh, there's several moments on this album that really got that out of me, and I forgot how catchy it was because it had been a couple years since I listened to it, and I was just like, man, you know what? This is better than I. You know, my, my, my kind of like my brain defaults to like, oh, you don't really like that record that much because the first time you heard it, you didn't really like it that much, you know, and it's, it's a grower, not a shower for me. So unfortunately with that said though, I'm going to give it a really hard C. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, I didn't think our lists would be this different, but. It is kind of all over the place. It is, yeah. I knew that we were going to have different favorites and all that stuff, but yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what people think about this. Uh, thank you guys for listening through. Hey, chit chat. I think it'd be a good idea to post both these tier lists on Instagram or something. Have yeah. people vote for which one is objectively better. Yeah, for sure. You'll teach me how to make one uh, online. <laughs> yeah. Teach your, I'll, uh, teach your old teach you uncle how to do, to do it. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, give us your tier list, man. Let us know. Uh, we want you involved in the chit chat. This is at earbuds chit chat, and we're all buds, man. This is a little round table cipher, little round table cipher chit chat. Yeah, so join the conversation, man. What are your favorite Rx Bandits albums? Give us your rankings, and we're gonna be doing these uh, more often if you guys dig it. So let us know yeah. what you guys think, man. It's it's not just gonna be discography tier lists. No, if you want to ask us a question that you think would be interesting relating be to music or otherwise. Yeah. Let us know, uh, like, should we try live streaming again so you guys can just ask us questions live on the live stream? That'd be really fun, too. Uh, we were get you guys maybe playing some games and yeah, just dude. hanging out. But Play, we'll like, watching that. you do a, a fucking uh, run through of uh, Breath of the Wild or some shit. <laughs> sure. You know, speed run or whatever. Yeah, guys. Like, we're, I mean, everything. everything's going to surround music in these chit chats, but we're going to be talking about a lot of different things that have music involved in them. Like one of the things I want to talk about is the latest Thor movie, which I absolutely fucking hated. And a big reason I hated it was because of the music way too much guns and roses and a fucking Thor movie. So, which is interesting because one of my questions was going to be copyright versus original music and media. Uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll okay. see about that. I'm excited okay. to talk about video game music. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You love video game music. Yeah. Buds, let we'll us know what you guys want to talk about or you want us to talk about. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a thumbs up, a comment. Give us a, a follow on Instagram at EBPcast. Give us a little hand dance that Brett's doing right now. Uh, just uh, love me. Love me now. Love me, please. Love me forever. Love me tender. Whisper sweet nothings into my ear and Put hit that fucking subscribe. on my shoulder. Fucking TikTok. Look me in my baby. God, look at this fucking Chad. 
<laughs> you see this jawline, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. All right, thank bye, you. Y'all. See ya. Salute. <laughs>